Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's time to drop the puck. Time for the Nightcap. Your home for news and insider info on your Vegas Golden Knights and the NHL. Let's hear from the goalie. Here's Lindsey Brown. Hearest of yees, hearest of yees. Welcome back to another edition of the Nightcap. I am your host, Lindsey Brown, always and forever. We are recording this at approximately... 7.48 p.m. on the 8th of June. The second period in Game 5 between your Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche has just finished. You're now in intermission. The Avs are up 2 to nothing, And uh, there's a lot of momentum moving their way. And so I figured now would be a good time to kind of jump in, um, kind of gauge where we are at in this game because we have a big-time third period coming up. And I don't know. I think I'm going to talk through the whole part, but I definitely want to have like a little bit of a timeline of events here because it's just been um, uh, a very interesting game. You, you know, the the Abs got off to a two nothing lead in the series. They won both of their games at home. The Golden Knights fought back to tie the series, winning their two games at home. And now the Abs are playing a lot better hockey. The first period it was pretty evenly matched. There was good chances on both sides. Uh, Some decent saves as well, but it was definitely overshadowed by the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury surrendered a really, really, really tough high short side goal with .8 seconds left in the first period. That goal cannot happen. He attempted to reach across his body and turning his glove over like a catcher's mitt um, versus going at it with his blocker as as a person, as a goaltender. Um, obviously I'm not him and, uh, maybe I should ask him about the, the save itself or what he was thinking on that play, but the way that I would think about that, because that's not abnormal for us as goaltenders to cross that glove over and take that puck, especially if that blocker save is heading high. And since Flurry is a guy that likes to stay on his feet, he can pop those pucks up. So maybe in his mind, his original quick twitch was, I'm going to turn my glove over, catch the puck, and kind of loop around the net and start a breakout. But with time expiring, with Sod right there to pressure if he were to make that play, uh, I think maybe all of a sudden there's a split-second decision that, well, our feet aren't doing that anymore, but guess what? Our glove is. And in that confusion, in that like brain synapse, there's that little gap where you kind of take your focus off the puck, not on purpose, but this is just like what happens when you kind of get caught up in a, in a save or a second guess micro decision. 
and he just missed the puck. Like, those suck. We've all had those happen to us if you're a goaltender, like 100%. But it can't happen, and it can't happen at that point of the period. Like, with .8 seconds left, like, we talk about the vulnerable moments and how that's the first period or this first minute and last minute of the period, and then the shifts following goals scored. Um, uh, those are really where you can see big time swings. And while he came out and held the Golden Knights in for a large part of the second period, which went completely, completely in the favor of the Colorado Avalanche. They were getting pucks up quick. They were having their defensemen involved in that rush. They were, uh, connecting through the neutral zone. They were separating the Golden Knights. Um, when the Golden Knights had possession, they always say kind of like, if you can get, their hands to move away from their body, it's really easy to take that puck away because if you have that puck in closer and you're utilizing your arms and, and, and your entire body, like it's just harder for the puck to get turned over. You're harder to guard against. Like you have physical leverage. Um, but it's not enough still because there's just relentless pressure, relentless pressure. Eventually the fourth line gets um, sucked into their own zone for a little bit too long and Flurry's going back and forth, making one, two, three save sequences in the slot. And Don Skoy scores in that slot, um, right in that kind of tough spot for us to to really cover um, around knee height to ankle height blocker side. Because if you butterfly down, there's always like that little window hole that will go down with you until you get to that butterfly. So it's really vulnerable. You have to have your timing right. You have to have your your hand positioning right. You have to have your body momentum and weight um, moving correctly. Like there's a lot of things that you kind of have to be in control of. And when it's a chaotic play or a broken play where there's a lot of back and forth or if you've had to spend a lot of time um, defending in your zone, it's harder to keep your body in control, which means in those moments, especially after breaking down, it's easier for those holes to open up because you're just tired. You can be trying super hard. You can get pieces of it, but all of a sudden you're just, you're not operating at a hundred percent capacity. You're more at like 97 and then, okay, we're down in there for three more minutes. Okay. Now we're at a 92. And even if you're performing to the best of your abilities, there's these little holes, these little areas of difference, which is all that's needed for, for the Colorado avalanche to break through. Um, but it's just, it's a tough place for them to be now Two nothing is, is literally the, the lead that means nothing in this game of hockey, but we've seen when this team kind of takes control like the avalanche have and the effect that it has on the gold Knights and how that lead can seem a lot more insurmountable than it is. But all you got to do is get one, get one. All you need is one bounce, one little thing. But the Golden Knights are spending so much time in their own defensive zone right now. That's the biggest thing that needs to change because you're just not going to score goals if you're not get, spending any time in the Avs zone and and challenging Philip Grubauer and getting him feeling chaotic and him feeling tired. Like the Golden Knights, I don't even think have cracked 15 shots yet. And so um, a lot of hockey still left to be played. Also tonight, the Tampa Bay Lightning have advanced past the Carolina Hurricanes uh, that series was four to one. They secured that uh, that next round berth in the Canes building. Uh, obviously, the Canes uh, won that division this year, and we're looking to take a huge step 
after building the last few seasons after that kind of Cinderella out of nowhere run of the Eastern Conference Finals this season before the pandemic hit. Um, and then they lost, you know, a little bit early last year, but it's tough. You're playing the defending Stanley Cup champions. Andre Vasilevsky's playing unbelievably well, even for him. And they have Kucherov, they have Stamkos going, like, and just straight up, they didn't have the goaltending, uh, the, the Carolina Hurricanes. They had, uh, God, I, 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 when, when they say his name during the game, I'm like, yep, I got it, I got it, I got it, and I just don't want to butcher it here. Um, their rookie goaltender, he played in games one and two, and then they went back to Peter Mrazek for three and four, and then went five, full coverage here, um, Nijelkovic, Alex Nijelkovic. He had 23 saves for the Hurricanes, number one seed, as uh, as we talked about. And so um, Tampa Bay finds a way to advance past them. Uh, Montreal Canadiens last night completed their sweep of the Winnipeg Jets, uh, the team that everyone thought, oh, they'll just be basically warm-up meet for the Toronto Maple Leafs in their quest for greatness. And little do we know that the Montreal Canadiens are basically going to be in the Western Conference, Eastern Conference equivalent against the winner of the Golden Knights and Avalanche series. Uh, it's it's a grind away hockey. I think there was a huge uh, effect of of Mark Shifley's um, hit earlier in the series in Game One that was uh, very very graphic, very tough to watch. Um, that landed him a, a hefty suspe- suspension and. From there, it just kind of seemed like that was a shadow. There wasn't a lot of offense going for the Winnipeg Jets. And Carey Price is just finding ways to to shut down the biggest names, the biggest stars, and um, just kind of basically stoically doing it. Like, he's not at all, like, flustered by any of these things. And there's just, like, a really big belief in that locker room, I think, for the Montreal Canadiens. And, um, you know, a lot of guys with, with a lot to play for uh, and, and guys that show up in big moments like Tyler Toffoli who ended up scoring that, that game winner in overtime that clinched the series. And so um, a fascinating bit to, uh, to kind of see unfold uh, in terms of the Boston and New York Islanders series. The Islanders are a 3-2 to two series lead right now. In game five, the Islanders beat Boston 5-4. to four. Um, it's been a very much back and forth series between the two um, big time names like Barzell, Marshand. Obviously, is finding ways to score big goals. A lot of them in overtime as well. Um, Charlie McAvoy has been playing really well after he had a really tough start. A really tough like mm, I'll say like sixty percent of the season there wasn't a lot of good things coming out about his play of him not creating or generating any offense in his defensive game, not doing himself any favors to make up for the fact that he's not providing any offense that it was sorely needed after so many defensive departures in the offseason for the Bruins. But with the Taylor Hall acquisition with Mike Riley, who's been a, a very solid acquisition for their defensive uh, core from the Ottawa Senators, they've been able to shore it up. And Tuka Rask has put his you know playoff hat on. He, they're only a, uh, a season or so, technically two, but, you know, pandemic time from uh, losing a Game 7 on their home ice to the St. Louis Blues in the Stanley Cup Final. and so, um, But it's a very back-and-forth series with the Islanders, and it's it's very weird to see that type of score from um, 
the Islanders, which is such a defensively sound team, uh, a team that is getting some solid good goaltending from Simeon Varlamov. But in the last couple games, he's let up a couple that you should have. And even if you are playing well and, and, and getting a few that you're just like, holy shit, this is just like an unbelievable sequence. It's it's the same thing that's happening with Marc Andre Fleury in this game. Like he can play lights out the rest of the way, but that first goal that he gave up is still going to be a big time defining thing because of when it was scored, where it was scored, how it was scored, um, and and what it its effects on his team has had. And that's the tough part. There's no margin for error really, at least not in goals like that. If you're going to try to beat one of the best teams in the NHL in the Colorado Avalanche, um, and so it's it's. Varlamov, while he can come up with those big time saves, sometimes he can let in those oopsies. But we all can. There's all, but that's the thing. There's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And sometimes you can both bring your best games, and there's still going to be a winner and loser. But sometimes a team doesn't bring their best game, and that's basically been the Colorado Avalanche through games three and four. But five, they're building. Like it was, like I said, I, I'd say more like a a toss up between the two. Maybe like a 65-45, or no, 55-45, um, first period. But in the second period, firmly 85-plus, sometimes 90-plus moments uh, in the second frame in favor of the Colorado Avalanche. So there's so much still to unfold. Hopefully the Golden Knights come out with something uh, resembling an offensive uh, possession and uh, put some pressure on these Colorado Avalanche. 2 nothing deficit ain't no thing. We've done it in the series. We've done it in games themselves. But it all starts with that one, and you still got to slow down the train that's already moving pretty damn well down the track. So we'll talk to you guys on the other side of the third period. This is the nightcap. We'll see you in a few seconds because, you know, editing. Oh, my God, you guys. Literally... A minute, three seconds in, Alex Tuck goes out and scores a fucking goal. Like, let's go! 8.07 p.m. back on the nightcap. I was like, oh, we'll just, like, wait till the third period's done. No, we won't! We're gonna start it right now. I mean, I don't even know if I can have, like, the little commentary in the background, so I'm gonna turn it way down. Because I know if it's dead silent in here, I'm just literally gonna start to ramble more than I usually do. I mean, you guys know this, you're listening. So, I mean, but I just like don't want it to be mindless. But what a huge, huge start that the Golden Knights cut the lead in half against the Colorado Avalanche. Like I said, just a minute in, Alex Tuck gets that going. There's new life, all it takes is one. They must have been listening through my computer somehow because this hasn't been published technically yet. But, you know, you guys are listening in the future. And the future is very bright if the Golden Knights continue down the road that they are currently on to start the third period. Two to one. Vegas Golden Knights have 15 shots. The Colorado Avalanche have 21. There's a nearly 10-minute stretch where the Golden Knights were held without a shot, so they cannot have that going on right now but luckily uh Nathan McKinnon has yet to kind of get going he's definitely getting a lot of looks and I I think it's mostly because there's been uh, a change in the lines for the Colorado Avalanche usually we see Ronchin and Langeskog and McKinnon together but tonight we're seeing Saad McKinnon and Ronchin together um uh and then Langeskog is somewhere else I don't I don't keep track of everybody playing the lines I just look at what I'm watching hockey wise and then I figure it out later um, but Flurry's answered the bell 
on him and you can still tell that he's kind of second guessing some decisions or at least not being able to make the decisions that he wants to initially and that's exactly where you need to keep him because when he starts getting going downhill we all know what happens like it's so hard to get the team to stop like if he was going I don't think this game is two to one obviously because he would have more goals but it's just like it's it's the boost he's a boost a different level boost um, oh my goodness, Alex Petrangelo just dangling down low, turns around, tries to shelf it short side. He needs to be careful though because he gets down there low, which is great because then we maintain possession. But you got to make sure that you have responsible forwards covering for you and they have to recognize that. And I'm, trust me, they usually do. They're professional hockey players. But if the puck goes back up ice, you want to make sure that you know they're equipped enough to be able to deal and handle an odd man rush and the personnel that might be on that odd man rush. And, you know, some pairings are better than others and some matchups are better than others. So it's, it's uh, a careful song and dance. Uh, I think everybody's capable on this team, but you know, all it takes is that the one time where like they're out, Petro and Martinez are out there with like the third, fourth line. That's what they do because they have to kind of take over a little bit. And then you have somebody who doesn't have the foot speed going up against like, you know, Nathan McKinnon or, or Ron Tanen because the Avs have the benefit of last change being at home. And so, um, just a solid start. Oh, Shea Theodore walking. There you go, Theo walking across the zone. He's had a like, you know, they try to put him in a centralized position up at the point a lot because they've spent so much power play time there. And he just, that's where his dynamicism is. But sometimes he just kind of uses his feet to kind of do those figure eights and kind of stay in that, that centralized point versus really stretching it out, walking the line, making that high forward really stick with him, commit to him and drag him away from, you know, the the overall kind of cell wall, the nucleus um, of, of the slot area. Maybe you free up some space for one of your big guys that is, is uh, out there with you. Maybe you're able to beat your man and, and walk in and get a chance yourself. But regardless, you don't want to compact your yourself especially in the middle because you know the top of the ice they always say like oh that's where you're it's it's the easiest to get you know that's where the advantageous spot is not really like goalies know how to gap out to the top you got to get them moving you don't want to have their feet set if you can get them moving you know to their right and then shoot back to their left side going against the grain like that's so tough to stop even if it's like not even that tough of a shot I mean uh like laser of a shot or even well placed like it's just getting goalies to have to control themselves in movement and that's what really gets tough about the position as you wear down um as as you know the team in front of you either plays poorly or the team you're playing against plays well your legs get tired weird things happen it's hockey like it's a game goalie is is a whole different oh, two to two let's go Oh my God, Marshall got another one. Oh my God, it's two to two. 15-53 remaining in the third period. The Gold Knights have erased the two-nothing deficit. They started the third period with less than five minutes in. Turnover, too many bodies low in the offensive zone for the Avs. The Gold Knights get that puck turned back up ice on an odd man rush with the second line. Carlson... Takes the puck and cuts back to the middle. Dishes to Marcheseau, who is on the back door. Marcheseau finishes high over uh, Philip Grubauer's glove as he's stretching, as we call a long body save back in the business as he pushes his left leg. Your right leg kind of 
sandwiches around the right post as you're trying to stretch and get that elongated toe and glove over. And it's a desperation save, but it's not enough. It's two to two and it's less than five minutes in. And as I said a few minutes ago, that two nothing deficit ain't no thing, but a chicken wing did not expect the, uh, it to be erased as quickly as it is. Uh, but my goodness, it is the hockey and, um, just a just a great time to be alive. Gosh, the second line is playing so well. I'm pretty sure they were out against the top line. So it's just like, you know, McKinnon, Rontanen, and Saad overcommitting, or maybe a D stepped up. Like I said, when I was just talking about Petrangelo stepping up down low, the Avs also have to be very cognizant of the same thing, and they're not nearly as experienced. If you actually read my article that's featured on uh, Odyssey Sports, specifically CBS Sports Radio 1140.com on the Golden Knights page, I wrote an article about what uh, the Golden Knights have done to get this series back 2-2. Two to two. And um, there's there's stuff on that, but maybe it was in that article or one that I've written previously about Petrangelo stepping up in the play, and or no, I was talking about the Avs defensemen and they're young and how young they are. Yeah, it is in the most recent article, um, and it's great because they're very offensively dynamic, but you can really take advantage of them because they'll step up. And sometimes when you're desperate, your veteran players like the McKinnons and the Rantanens, like they're not, they don't have as much diligence as they should because they're so worried about getting the stuff done because they have to perform for the team that they're not as cognizant of what's going on around them so they kind of like go along with the play rather than having a more responsible selection of of getting that puck up the ice but when those players get caught too many deep in that offensive zone and you're facing off against another team that's very quick and get the puck moving up ice you're gonna be susceptible to odd man rushes and then even if you can get some guys back with with some good layering um, from from the Vegas Golden Knights, which they did there, where Carlson, you know, was coming down the right side. He cuts laterally to the middle, which buys you know a half a second of time. Oh my God, the Avs just sco- oh no, it wasn't a goal. Flurry, oh my God, just covered his five hole with his glove with a one footed freaking save. Unless it went off the post, my God, Rontanen missed a wide open shot backdoor in the first period, and then just basically. He thought he scored. I thought he scored. I think everybody thought he scored. He almost dragged it like short side and tried to beat Flurry on the ice five hole area because it's a really awkward spot. Okay, let's see. This puck, yep, gets batted to the outside. He tries to. Oh no! He tried to go high blocker side, and it's there because Flurry has overcommitted and has to basically hug the post. And that opens up that hole above his blocker, but it goes off the crossbar, and it's still 2-2. Two to two. This game is nuts. I mean, this series is insane, but this game, this is the crux. And I was nervous because I did my um, betting videos for the Avs, which I've done for my high sports all season. And I said, you know, in, in the Avs jersey that, that they bought me to do these Avs videos, um, that I thought the Golden Knights were going to win tonight, and I don't know if that's going to happen, but I thought the over was going to be hit because it's the middle of the series. The desperation is going to be there, and when the desperation's there, the neutral zone opens up. Um, and just more odd man rushes, the layering, the inexperience, like all these little things and all these little, little pieces of content that have all these little bits and pieces of information littered about them add up to the 
the differences of of the wins and the losses. Because um, everything's going according to plan until it's not. And the Avs put together such a good second period. And the Golden Knights had played the Avs so well in the second period the last three and a half games. They're just like, oh man. Because the Golden Knights, they hadn't even cracked 15 shots, like I said a few minutes ago. And they just got 20. Oh my god, the Avs so much just scored. But now there's there's blood in the water. And people are running around. And this is where weird goals happen. This is where, like, grimy goals, weird bounces. Maybe it's pretty. It's just, like, it has been uncorked, I guess, is probably a better way to say it. And so anything can truly happen. Um, As we've said before, this is the series of the playoffs for me, and I'm sure for for many other people. There's really not going to be two teams that are this evenly matched the rest of the way out, let alone this offensively creative and just – you know, it's just such a good matchup. And so it's a shame that they have to meet when they do. There's always one of these each and every year. Um, but honestly, I don't know what, what's going to happen. I think this series is going to go 78. Oh, Flurry, what a save! Oh, my God. Speaking of excellent layer, who's 25? Is that Bur- Burakovsky or something? I don't know. But the abs D, I don't know, it was a Connor, had the puck, slowed it up in zone, sent a pass to O'Connor, who's streaking down the the far weak side and he had a chance to kind of either tip it right on net towards flurry or make one move and try to deke him out and flurry was was out far enough where even if he made a move the puck was just kind of on the ice and was just going to kind of sail in um but flurry gave up a goal that was like that on the ice earlier in the series but those are the mistake ones those are the little ones that you'd like to have back, but that one he was totally on, and he's been absolutely humongous for this Golden Knights squad today, even though he gave up that really tough goal to end the third period. Otherwise, he's been stellar, um, and it's uh, he held this team in the game and basically got enabled them the opportunity to get to the third period, which is now 2-2-2. Two, 2-2! Two, two. Two to two. Two to two. My goodness gracious, what a time. All right, they're back from commercial break. Just over 11 minutes left in the third period. Oh, yeah, this neutral zone is just absolute single-ply, toilet paper, damp. You all know the college experience or whatever. Like, we've all had cheap toilet paper experiences. Absolutely zero absorbency. And it's just, if you can connect on the pass through the neutral zone right now where it's a good enough pass and the player has the ability to catch it in stride, you are going to be able to just... Um, But if the passes are off or if the Avs start stepping up a little bit more or if the Golden Knights start doing the same too, um, they can be more disruptive, more pucks that are kind of bat it out of the air they have to stop they have to battle for him that's what really slows the game down but I don't know if the game is going to turn back into that right now because it's been basically uh a full send since the uh the Alex Tuck goal just over a minute into the third period man tell you what if the abs end up losing this series and most notably like Nathan McKinnon continues to be kind of I don't want to say non-existent because he is very much uh, impactful on the ice, but he's just been neutralized. 
um, you know, this is their best chance to win a cup, at least the most efficient way. Because after this, they have so many like free agent decisions, restricted free agents, like big guys are coming up for um, contracts. You have the expansion draft. There's just so much uncertainty coming up. And so while they're expected to be kind of like the next potential dynasty to get to a dynasty, you have to win the first one. And how many times have we heard about potential dynasties to be that didn't win the first one, you know? And so there would be probably a couple questions if they aren't able to get past the Golden Knights. I just think there's a lot of people thinking that it was going to be a cakewalk, which I didn't agree with. But the Golden Knights are a very good team. They're very evenly matched, but um, I still think the advantage just favors the Avalanche, and it's not just because they secured the home ice one um, with the President's Trophy. And so this is just what the level you get to at. You know, there's there's not a lot of teams left. There's a lot of really good players, and, um, you know, you're, you're splitting hairs and bounces either way. Oh, man. All right, McKinnon. Man, it sometimes the way that he skates is just so tenacious, so heavy. Like he has a stick handle to like basically keep himself upright sometimes. And that's really tough for him because you want him to have that shooting mentality first, and he can be if his feet are set and he's but sometimes when he's gripping the stick a little bit too tight or is being bottled up like this, like he just basically tries to stick handle himself out of a phone booth and he'll pass up opportunities or miss them, you know, a half second too late and they'll get blocked or they'll, he'll, they won't be there anymore. So he'll have to make a different decision. But man, when he's rolling, it's just a different level. But they, the Golden Knights just haven't allowed it. They haven't allowed him the, the time and, space to generate the speed that really separates him and they're keeping him in lower danger areas um when the abs are established in the golden knight zone they're you know create from the corner like create from the area if you drew a line from the bottom of the face-off dot to the goal line and then from the right to the face-off dot to the wall like near the beginning go create offense from there and try to dish it. That's going to be so hard to do even for the best players. And just to do it over and over and over again at this level in playoff hockey against the, a, a team that has such good defenders in the Golden Knights. Um, it's a very tall order. And so um, it is it is possible. These guys are human. Um, and they are able to be neutralized. And, you know, the Colorado Avalanche are only going to go as far as Nathan McKinnon will take them. Um, and maybe if they weren't facing the Golden Knights, they would get a little bit further and, and before kind of being exposed in this way. Um, not that this is a, any shocking revelation. Be like, shut down Nathan McKinnon. Avs are going to have a tough time winning. Wow, what insight. But, you know, it would probably be easier for them to roll through, but as much as we love to give the respect to the Colorado Avalanche and how important their window is and how good they are, the Golden Knights are basically right in the same position and when they're playing against the biggest dog you know they get back to that underdog golden misfit mentality man it's a different it's a different type of soup and sometimes that makes your before you were running an eight minute mile and all of a sudden you're running in 644 like what the hell i don't know i probably couldn't do it another you know two times out of ten but some days you're just more motivated more pissed off or the bangers are just rolling you through and so 
Uh, we'll see. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility, hell. Based off of how this third period is unfolding, I wouldn't say that it's unlikely. So it's a good time to be a hockey fan right now. I'll tell you that. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Oh my god, Mark Stone in overtime less than a minute in. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. You guys. You guys. Oh my god. Mark Stone just scored in overtime. The Golden Knights win the game 3-2. Take a 3-2 lead in the series. Going back to Las Vegas. They have a chance to secure an advancement to face the Montreal Canadiens on home ice on Thursday night. My freaking goodness. What an absolute crazy game for them to come back in the third period and win it. It looks like Ryan Graves had two shots blocked. Max Pacioretty gathers that puck, hits a streaking Mark Stone, who goes down the wing on his, uh, he's right-handed, so it's his kind of awkward side. Um, and, and beats Philip Grubauer high across glove side in overtime, less than a minute in. Wow. What an three games in a row, three games in a row. This team is unreal right now. And Mark Stone in an overtime, it really does not get better script writing than that. My friends, it really does not. And I got to hop on the zoom. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 